This is reflection number three in the mini-series Learning How to Meditate in 30 Days on the Wondering Together podcast. And at this point, I just wanted to kind of reiterate something that I mentioned in past reflections and in the introduction that it really is important to be making a commitment to this, to have a discipline in place where you're actually doing the practices as suggested. If your intention is to is to take it seriously and, and make, an, a com- make a commitment to this 30-day series. So if you're following along with just the practices but not the reflections, or just the reflections and not the practices, it's really suggested that you follow along with both and uh, make a commitment to the practice over this 30-day period, if you're serious about it, if that's what you, if that's what you originally set out to do, was follow along with a 30-day series, then we can take this time to make a, another commitment, uh, um, to recommit to the practice, with the intentionality of doing it as suggested, and hopefully, so that we can um, work towards. Whatever it is you're looking for, self-care, reduction of stress or anxiety, whatever you started following this series for. Expectations. This may be a good time to start talking about expectations. For example, maybe you or people in your life have the expectation of what meditation might be might be sitting on a cushion with your legs crossed, saying om, or uh, quieting your mind, stilling your mind so that there's there are no thoughts in your mind, or whatever preconception you may have had about meditation, reinforced by the media, by culture, society, but this may be different than what you had expected at this point. It may not be, but it may be. In that maybe you were expecting to be sitting with your legs crossed and stilling your mind, and now we're three practices in, and one was scanning the body with the awareness, and the other two were movement and yoga practices. And it may be the thought, like, this isn't really what I thought it would be like. And that's a beautiful lesson, because meditation is, it's not what you expect it to be, it's not what you think it is. Uh, John Kabat-Zinn spoke about a t-shirt that I, I think he bought or someone that he knew bought. It says, meditation, it's not what you think. And that is, that holds a lot of, actually a lot of wisdom in it. It's not what you think, meaning it's not about stopping and stilling your mind to the point where you have no thoughts. And it's not what you think, meaning it's, any preconception that you had about meditation will surely be shattered over time the more and more you practice because it's it's not what you think it's not what what you've seen in some pictures you know people just sitting cross-legged in blank mind it it it's much more about tuning into the experience of what is happening while it's happening. And that includes during movement. And 
it includes it includes stillness, you know? There are moments of stillness in the meditation practice. And in these movement practices, the standing yoga, the lying down yoga, it's important to talk about that it's not so much about the movements per se. It's not about perfecting the movements. This may be a little bit... This may be a hard notion to break, especially if you've taken any yoga classes. And it was there was a very strong emphasis on the movements themselves. Like making sure that the legs are stretched in a certain way or the back is straight and... All of these things that I, they, they serve their purpose and they're they're probably meant to help strengthen a yoga practice and support the body. So it's not that there's anything wrong with those things, but in the context of these practices, it's much more about the experience of the movement than the particular movement itself. Meaning, if you do a practice that doesn't include a forward fold, it's not like that practice is a failure that it's not right it just means that's not what your body needed in that moment it's much more about a communication with the body in the context of well in the name of self-care and respecting the limitations of the body so what do i mean when i say communication with the body it means stopping, tuning in to the body. Maybe there's tightness, maybe there's tension, maybe there's some part of the body that needs to be tended to. It's stopping, tuning in, with a, potentially with a body scan. So we see the practices start to come together. Tuning in with a body scan, and maybe there's some tightness in your knee, or in your calf, or discomfort in your back. And then it would be a call and response. It's responding to the body, communicating. All right, there's some tightness in the back. So then doing a forward fold or doing a trunk twist, some sort of movement that would support the back. When we work through the, the movements in sequence like this, it's just for the sake of learning all of these movements. And we have to learn somehow. And... And then we make it our own. It's like when we learn math in grade school. We all learn it in the same way, through a sequence that the teacher tells us. But then as we get older, we adapt it to how it works in our brain. And everyone does math in their brain with their own intricacies of their own brain, the nuances of how their brain works. It's the same with this movement. Learning the practices, learning the movements can be done in a sequence in the same way but then it's about making it your own. That's really what this, what this is all about. Learning to meditate in 30 days includes uh, very strongly the, the notion of making it your own. Because if you're not, if you're not making it your own, if you're just following along and doing what I'm saying or what another teacher is saying, it, it's really... It's more about you following their experience than following your own experience. It's about listening to your own body, moving in a way that serves your own body, not so much in a way that you know I'm saying 
following the sequence that I'm saying. It's helpful to follow the sequence in the beginning to learn the moves, but then you're free to use them however you want. It's like painting. You have to learn certain concepts, certain techniques, certain methods. But once you have those techniques in your tool belt, you're free to paint whatever you want. It's, so in that way, I guess you can say meditation is it's an art form. And that it's learning certain techniques, a framework, a skill set, and then using it in your own way using it in a way that is going to serve you. It's your own artistic expression of meditation. Non-judgment and the wandering mind. There's likely, it's a likely case that if you're following along in the practices, your mind has at some point wandered during these practices. And I've said it in some of the practices and reflections, and I'll say it again because it bears repeating. There's nothing wrong with the mind wandering during the practice. Not only is it normal, but it's expected. It is the nature of the mind to wander. And you're not, you're not doing anything wrong if the mind is wandering. It's just a matter of noticing, okay, the mind has wandered. I had set the intention of being here with my body or of doing a movement practice, but now my mind is wandering and I'm thinking about what I have to do at work tomorrow or a conversation I had with somebody, a difficult conversation I had yesterday, or one that I have to have, or whatever. My mind has wandered, and I have lost the intention of the practice. This is where non-judgment comes in. It's, it's one thing to for the mind to wander, and then to judge yourself for the mind wandering. Like, it's a problem that the mind wandered. I'm failing at the practice, or I'm not doing well, or it's not going the way that I want. And then there's another approach, one that is more wise and tender, and that is non-judgment. It sounds much more like, okay, the mind wandered, that's just what happens, and I'm coming back to the practice. But then there's, it gets a little bit um, maybe more complex in that there's the potential to judge the judging. What I mean is now you're listening to the series and the teacher is saying, you know, practicing non-judgment. So there may be the implication in there that you shouldn't be judging yourself. So then if the mind wanders and then you find yourself judging yourself, then you judge yourself for having judged yourself. I'm supposed to be practicing non-judgment, but here I am judging myself. And that in itself is a judgment. So even that, uh, even that holding in this non-judgment, like there's nothing wrong with where the mind went at all. Even if it goes to judging, even if it goes to judging the judging. It's is ultimately about holding all of it in this tender self-care, self-compassion. Like the mind went here, okay, no problem. Back to the breath. Back to the movement. The mind went here and then it went here, okay, no problem. No matter where it went, no problem. It's, it's just the nature of the mind. Mind wandering, no problem. Back to movement. Let's see what's here now in the movement. Okay, mind has wandered, no problem. 
coming back. So it's kind of like that being the essence of the practice itself. How does this translate to life? It's, it's when we practice organ when we practice formally. Uh, movement, in particular, I'm referring to. There's, there starts to be an organic awareness that arises in life with movement. For example, if I practice every day, a, a the movement in which I think it's called sunrise. I'm not exactly sure, but where you move, you bring your arms out to the side and then up overhead and then back down to the chest in the in a prayer, and I do that and I bring awareness to it over and over and over and I'm in tune with the movement as it's happening. One of two things can start to happen. One, if you end up raising your arms in life for whatever reason, you're waving to someone, you're reaching up to grab something, there might be an organic tuning in, an organic dropping in because your brain is starting to associate movement in this way with awareness. It's it, you'll drop in organically. It, there, there's a walking meditation practice that we'll do later in this series. And you, you can see it easily in that practice, where if you practice bringing awareness, if you practice mindfully walking over and over and over, then there, it will be the case more so in your life that when you're not practicing, but you find yourself walking, you find yourself organically dropping in to the awareness because you have practiced that. So it's like um, this, you're building this awareness through practice and then it finds you in your life. And then the meditation just seeps into your life and the line between formal and informal practice starts to blend. And it's, it's like just being aware of life as it's happening. And that too is, is, a, is a meditation So there's homework going forward in the next three days before the next recording. And at this point, the homework can include any of the practices that we have worked through. So in any given day of today, tomorrow, and the next day, you can tune into the movement practice, the standing yoga practice, the lying down yoga practice, or the body scan. Whatever is going to serve you in your practice. And in that way, it's, that in itself is a communication. Tuning in, what does the body need, and doing that practice. And you can, you can use multiple. You could do 10 minutes of the body scan and 10 minutes of the lying down yoga, or five minutes, five minutes, and 10 minutes. Or you can go more than 20 minutes if you want. It's, it's also about starting to make the practice your own. How is it going to actually serve you? in your life. Okay, until next time.